Listening Dog Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The Offside Rule with Lindsay Heeper and Natasha Dowie. Promoting women's football since 2013. Hello, this is another episode of The Offside Rule where we run through three standout matches from women's football over the weekend. We discuss brokering deals in the Asian player market with agent David Fernhead for In The Spotlight this week. And Tash, as always, has got her weekly scouting report at the end of the show. I'm feeling encouraged. (laughs) Uh, It is an unusual week this week, Tash, because there's been hardly any league football up and down the pyramid. There have been a few matches, but mainly it was an international break. And you've been there. What's it like for players when international breaks are happening and the club players that aren't on international duty? Do you get some downtime or do you have to work harder on on yourself individually? It's actually the best time, to be honest, Linz. Everyone goes away. There's limited numbers. You can do a lot more one-on-one sessions. The manager normally then gives you maybe like the weekend off where you can go and have quality time with friends, family and just actually switch off and get away from football. So when I faded away from the England setup, actually all the non-internationals, we love the international break and no disrespect to our other teammates. We used to buzz, you know, buzz when they used to go away. We used to wave them goodbye very happily. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. Um, hopefully not taunt them whilst they're on international duty with beach pics. You know, the sausage leg pictures. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Imagine. Get lost. <laughs> That's what they'd be thinking. Um, but I think internationals for us, mm. um, and certainly from a women's football audience point of view, it gives us a real insight into who the biggest nations are going to be potentially going forwards um, and how many are plugging that gap. I think sometimes the friendlies in particular helps us see what, players we've got coming through mm-hmm. um but also the ones to look out for when it comes to major tournaments so your first pick isn't england we might come on to that your first pick is what yeah i've gone for netherlands v spain you know it caught my eye it's obviously huge the nation's league right now being able to qualify for the olympics if you look at those two nations you know you've got the netherlands for former european champions spain world cup champions First in the world versus seventh, you know, it was huge. It was a big game. We were excited to see how it was going to pan out. 
three nil. You know, I, I kind of mm. wasn't expecting that big a scoreline. If I'm being completely honest, you know, if you look at the Netherlands lineup, you know, you've got Miedemar, Martins, Berenstein, Van der Don, Gronen, yeah. Spitzer, Kasparai. You know, all these brutes. These huge names. It was strong. But God, the yeah. Spain just blew them away, to be honest. You know, I think the most disappointing thing for the Netherlands is they held out till about 40 minutes. And then Spain got two goals in four minutes just before halftime. Hermoso and Bon Matti. And I think that was a killer blow. I think that really took the wind out of the Netherlands. Second half, they came out quite strong. The Netherlands had a couple of half chances but really didn't threaten too much. It was quite comfortable for Spain. Bagier, ex-United fullback, now Barcelona. She got the third goal after 76 minutes. So Spain qualified for the Olympics for the first time ever, which is amazing. In my opinion, potential winners there straight away. And now the big one is, you know, the Netherlands have to face Germany. You know, and actually before this morning, I would have fancied the Netherlands, but I just read online that Tom Gary on Twitter, he said that Miedemar and Pelova aren't available. They've gone back to Arsenal. So I don't know what the situation is there, whether they're injured, whether, you know, so that's a massive blow for the Netherlands. So now really for me, that game's wide open. So as you say, Nations League this one. Um, so it did have that knock-on effect for the Olympics. I think you're right. I think Spain mm-hmm. will be favourites, won't they, as world champions as well. 3-0 uh, the full-time score. But I think we have the same conversation nowadays about Spain against teams like the mm-hmm. Netherlands, whereby how do you stop them dominating the ball? Mm-hmm. And I thought this was a cast-iron case of the Netherlands not really adapting to Spain just having majority of possession and I think you look at a team like the Netherlands they've got tall players they've got strong players they can go more direct they can use set pieces as more of a weapon but you didn't see that much of that in this game I thought you know absolutely right Lindsay I think if you look at Spain's starting 11 there you know it is it's completely contrasting effects you've got possession-based team in Spain counter-attacking style team in the Netherlands but I think with me, with the Netherlands, Spain are number one in the world. You know, sometimes you have to respect that. And you don't necessarily have to change your game plan, but play to your strengths. But also you need to make sure that you counter Spain's strengths. And I think you're right, Lindsay, they didn't do that. You need to make it tight. You need to make it compact. You need to not give Spain time on the ball. And then when you do have the ball, then those are the moments where you do need to be effective with the likes of your pace from Berenstein, from Martins, you know, Miedemar dropping into those pockets. And they didn't do that. I think they probably missed um, uh, Jill Rod in there. You know, that real unit that would normally break things up, does the nasty work. I think she's a huge miss for them. But it just shows right now how far away Spain are. You know, they really are number one in the world for a reason. And now either Germany or Netherlands, a huge nation is going to miss out on the Olympics. Mm, And I watched this one back and I just thought the first 30 minutes against Spain now... They're the crucial minutes because if you let them play their style, they're brimming with confidence. They know that they've won big tournaments now. So you can see them as as soon as they start to get into gear, you've got no chance. You've got to try from the off to just disrupt that. Like you say, a Jill Rod sort of player that can just get a foot in, stop them doing what they want to do. And it just didn't happen in this. Now, when you think of the Netherlands against Germany, I think of two more similar sides um, and you're right, you know, I think Miedemar would be a big miss. Um, but ultimately, Germany, I think, have got a bit to prove at the moment on the international stage. So I'd be tempted to think that Germany could do something in this next match. Do you agree? No, I do. Absolutely. I, I think Germany right now are going through that transition period, um, but they still have 
incredible players within their team. And I think you're right, Lindsay. I think the point to prove is huge. I think that they're a nation that still needs to be up there, still need to be competing. Um, and yeah, and I'm excited to watch this one. I really do think, I think it's going to be a closer game for sure. I don't, I don't see a big scoreline like the Spain-Netherlands. I think these two teams right now, Netherlands will be hurting from that scoreline. I, I don't think they'll be happy with that. Um, so I think both of them have have something obviously massively to pay for the Olympics. Every player wants to go to the Olympics. This is huge. So um, it's all all to pay for, and everyone needs to just put put their bodies on the line, and then we'll see best team goes through. We are really going down the pyramid for my choice this week. Ipswich Town 4, Rugby Borough 1. This is the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. And a really interesting game because Ipswich are trying to chase down those above them. And for anyone who's unclear of how this setup works, you've got Southern and Northern uh, Premier Division. And then the winner of each could face each other to go up. It's my my pet hate mm. because it happened with Southampton and Wolves. But you've got to look at the teams in these lower divisions to know who's got the potential of coming up and sustaining a, a little bit of a... Um, a period hopefully in the championship and I think Ipswich Town are a club that could do it they seem to have a lot of investment I think whilst the men's side's going well as well they're putting a lot more emphasis as well on, on marketing and advertising what's going on with the women in this game it was it was interesting because they started off and you thought oh, they've got a top scorer um, Natasha Thomas and I thought she was going to run riots um, but she missed a few chances early on then there was a sending off for Rugby Borough in the 34th minute and it changed everything really in this game so I think the sending off is is the thing that's probably affected it Angela Dixon for a challenge she got sent off but looking at it I do think that rugby have got some something that they can take away from this they had their only attack and they scored now I don't know whether that says more about Ipswich than their defence, but they were clinical. Um, but in terms in terms of rugby borough, I mean they're a smallish side mm. really, um, and I think they're punching a little bit. And they will have known that Ipswich Town would have been a real challenge for them in this game to try and overcome. Um, but they didn't help themselves by going down to ten. Unfortunately, it would have been a better illustration if they'd have had eleven still on the pitch. But I think for Ipswich they can chase down those above. I think that's what this has gone to prove. And um, yeah. I, I really like a few of these players in in this team as well. There was one player in particular, because I know Natasha Thomas probably gets a lot of plaudits for Ipswich, but Lena Gunning-Williams is a player that I do want to mention as well as Natasha Thomas for Ipswich. Just within seconds, Tash, of coming on, I don't know how many times you've done this, she goes and she scores. I love seeing that when a sub comes on and then immediate impact. I think she might have had a touch before she scored, but certainly hadn't been on the pitch very long. So have you done that before? I was always on the pitch, Lindsay. You know me. I wasn't coming ah, on. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Not in the latter years? <laughs> Maybe more so in the latter years, yeah. No, but I was yeah. just going to say, Natasha's, we're always goal scorers, aren't we? So yeah, nice to hear another Natasha bagging goals for Ipswich. Well, yeah, she is their top scorer. So do look out for her, Natasha Thomas. Um, but I'm going to give that shout out to Lena Gunning-Williams for scoring after just coming on. Um, plaudits to you. Um, we've got England next. Tash, you've chosen this one. England seven, Austria two. Yeah, look, you're always keeping an eye out for England to see how they're getting on. I know it's a friendly, but I think with some of the names that were included within the squad, Grace Clinton in particular, um, 
Park getting another call up. I, I was excited to see some fresh faces coming in and players that deserve to get the call up, been performing really well at club level. And I always, from past experiences against Austria, they've been tight games. You know, I remember in particular the Euros opener, 1 0, the, the one Beth- nil. Bethany yeah. goal, and it was yeah. so tight that game. Yeah, and even the World Cup qualifier was only 2 0. So I thought this is going to be a really tight competitive game. 7 2. Wow. Okay. So. <laughs> That I didn't expect at all. I was, firstly, let's get Austria out of the way. I was disappointed in them, to be honest, really disappointed. I don't know mm. whether a case of they're going through a transition period, but I just, it wasn't the Austria that I've been used to watching, you know, over the last couple of games. But you've got to give England massive credit. You know, they were absolutely relentless from start to finish. You know, four minutes straight away, Russo gets her goal. Um, it'll be really good for the likes of Russo and me, confidence-wise as well, both getting a brace there. But, you know, I've got to talk about Grace Clinton. You know, she got, got her debut for England, started the game, mm-hmm. just did not look out of place one bit, got her debut goal, incredible. You know, for me right now, I'm thinking if I'm Man United, I don't know what the situation is there with her low move to Tottenham, but... I'd be doing everything I possibly could to be getting her back to Man United. I mean, I know she's happy as Spurs, she's playing, she's getting minutes, but how United aren't looking to try and get her back. I mean, let's watch this space. Um, So yeah, really, really good game. I really enjoyed it. I loved, you know, Carter getting a little improvised goal from Rachel Daly coming on, doing what she does, scoring. Yeah, Yeah, the back heel. And she just styled it out so casually. She didn't celebrate. I was thinking, don't be too cool for school. Like, if I was scoring a goal like that, I'd be going absolutely wild. So, especially as a defender. Absolutely. Yeah, no, brilliant. So, no, look, I think in the next game, they've got another friendly against Italy. So, there's rumours that there's going to be more changes again, people getting minutes. Um, But it's just great. It's great to see. And, And like Spain, England are in a really good place right now. You know, we know England's starting eleven is solid, but I think with the likes of your Grace Clinton, your Jess Parks, the depth of squad now, we, we spoke about Nikita Paris a few pods ago, you know, doing well for United, can't get herself into this squad. So I just think it shows, you know, the talent and the pool that we have in this country. It's really exciting. Who excites you more for England? And you've got to consider position as well mm-hmm. and what England need. Who excites you more as someone who could break through Grace Clinton or Jess Park? Oof, that's a great question. Okay, truthfully, oh, Lindsay, that's really tough. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Clinton, I think, purely because when I look at the attacking flair that we've got for England, Park, to me, is one of those. You know, I think she's been playing in that number 10 role for City, you know, assisting, getting goals. We know she can play out wide, but I do think we're really, really blessed with the wide positions and the forwards for England. You know, but with Clinton, I feel like we're we're probably not missing, but we we probably, except for Georgia Stanway, someone that's like kind of box-to-box midfield player, can play in that holding midfield role, very technical, can put herself about, can score a goal. You know, you look at Kira Walsh, she is that sitting, that specialist number four holding, you know, and then you've got your toon who's that out and out number 10. I feel like Clinton has everything. You know, she likes to drop in deep to get on the ball and and to help kind of Stanway in that deeper role the other night. But then you see with her goal, you know, she wants to get forward. She wants to get on the end of crosses. She wants to 
be, you know, getting involved in the goals. So I think really she could be, you know, that kind of number eight now. You know, if if Kira Walsh needs a bit of a rest or Stanway, you know, Stanway can drop in. You could see she can drop into that four now. There's just, there's more. I think we needed more in midfield. And I think Clinton is a big boost for England now in that midfield position. And Georgia Stanway, it's not just for England that she's yeah. been asked to drop into this deeper role. She's been doing it for Bayern Munich as well. I've got a feeling, though, that she's wanting to do that role too, the one that you just spoke about with yeah. Grace Clinton. She's wanting to get forward. She's wanting to score goals if she can. And part of the reason why she left Manchester City, was it not, was so that she could play in the role that she wanted to. Do you think that there's an acceptance from her that that's a role that needs filling and she's the one that's capable of doing it so she doesn't mind dropping deeper? Or, or do you think secretly she probably would like to be doing the same and getting forward more. Yeah, I I think it's funny with Georgia Stanway and you've got to give credit to her because she can do both of the roles. You know, you see the other night she did the Kira Walsh role really, really well. Her passing range is phenomenal. She's comfortable wherever she can receive the ball on the pitch. And actually, she's playing that role for Bayern Munich, which I wonder how she is feeling about that. Because when I've watched her at Bayern Munich, she actually does play that deeper role, which, again, we said that she kind of wants to get away from at City. But I just think because she is so technically gifted and her passing range, you know, she can play the big diagonals, the Steven Gerrard cross balls, but she can also play, you know, those kind of penetrating passes. Her vision is brilliant. So I think, you know, she's one of those. I think she's just so gifted that she's kind of, been able to play both and I think it's a good option I think it's the option that Serena wants is that Kira Walsh ideally is going to be that number four and now she's got someone Grace Clinton who can learn a lot from Stanway you know I do think Stanway will still be you know that starting player for England but she's got that competition which is healthy you know these players can't just think that they've got this position Mm -hmm. guaranteed you know there has to be that healthy competition and if anything I think this will kick Georgia Stanway on now knowing that she's got someone young like Grace Clinton who does have everything and has a great career ahead of her and you know there's no reason why Grace Clinton can't potentially even play in that 10 role you know I think probably that 10 role is the most open position right now for England you know I think Toon's had an up and down season for Man United you know play well the other night for England but Fran Kirby unfortunately you know with her she is injury prone so there's that kind of space there as well that Grace could easily fill into so I think it's there's a lot of rotation that can happen in that midfield and to answer your earlier musing about Austria and why you felt that they mm. struggled this time, I think that was the answer. It was what happened down the middle because I think Austria know what England's strengths are and they knew that out wide they were going to have a, a, a basically 90-odd minutes of just having to cover that all the time. And what they did is they left the gaps in the middle, didn't they? And they just never learned from it. I, I think that Georgia Stanway and Grace Clinton in particular were able to mop up a lot of balls in that midfield area. They lost it in midfield for me. Yeah, no, absolutely, Lindsay. And that, that's a great saying is that you win or lose or game in, in midfield. It's always been the case. You know, mm. you have to win the midfield battle first and foremost. And then I think that's when you can start expressing yourself. Okay, well, we'll move on to In the Spotlight. The Offside Rule. With Lindsay Heaper and Natasha Dowie. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. For our In the Spotlight section this week, we've got David Fernhead joining us, who's from Transition Sports Management, and we're taking a focus on the Asian player market. David, thank you very much for joining Tash and I. And we're going to talk to you in particular about the Asian player market, where you've had so much success. But it'd be great to know your background and how that came about. Yeah, well, I started actually in the um, in the media side of it. I was working for um, for Blackburn um, in their media setup and, and sort of segued into journalism and then started working with um, agents through knowing players and started on the men's game. And then in, in 2000, um, I worked on the Sydney Olympics and I got to film all the men's games, but also film all the women's games. And it was the the women's game that sort of left, left a lasting impression because I was just amazed by how good the top, top players were. Um, so that planted the seed. Um, and then it was it was maybe fifteen years later when the WSL was really starting to explode and, and, and get going that I sort of made the segue into starting working on the women's game and and it was ne- never really left it since it's it's always been the, a passion project for me as well. We will dive deeper into some of the deals that you've done, but just to give us an example of some of the names that you've worked with, uh, specifically in the Asian market, the the players that most people here would recognise. Um, I think G's probably the biggest name. Um, just done recently, her deal um, where she actually left career and, and gone to uh, Seattle Reign. Um, I brought Cho So Yun over here, um, originally to, to West Ham, then to Spurs and, and now at Birmingham. And, and Lee Gu Min's another one that I brought over to Manchester City, um, who's now with Brighton. So those are probably the three most identifiable ones. And then I brought over uh, Cho Yu Ri um, from Birmingham as well. No, brilliant, David. And I just think it's great the players that you've worked with. And I was really fortunate enough to play with many Asian players throughout my career. Um, Kill me with the pronunciations, but I was with Yui Hasegawa at AC Milan. Incredible player. Um, Nagano, Fuku Nagano at Liverpool. And then Gion uh, Gayu, I think. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, played with... yeah, I brought her over. Oh, okay. Well, I played with her at Melbourne Victory in Australia many years ago uh, and then at Reading. And, you know, I had, though, for me and the relationship I had with all of them was great, but I probably had some more positive and maybe negative experiences with regards to Yui, for instance, at AC Milan. She massively struggled to the point where I can be honest, like there'd be times where she was crying in the shower at half time of games. That's how much she really struggled with the language barrier, I feel. Um, but then I see her really thriving at City. Fuka fitted in like a glove at Liverpool. And I think that's maybe the effort that the club have made, but also what she's made. Gion, for me, really struggled at Melbourne Victory with the language and at Reading to the point where I think the coaches almost gave up on her a little bit with that kind of language barrier. Maybe that's why she left. Like so, my question to you is like, what is the secret in it being successful and it and it being more of a positive experience than a negative? 
Yeah, I think you've got to tackle it from from both sides. You've got to tackle it from the player and also the club that's bringing her in. I, I think um, you know when when Cho came in to to West Ham. Um, Cho's attitude is, is fantastic. She just really wanted to sort of assimilate and, and, and learn as quickly as she could. But she also had a manager like Matt Beard who, who was just so supportive, which I think is why Fuka's done so well at, at Liverpool as well. Is you know, um, she she turned up and Matt had a little app on his phone that where he could translate into Korean and made an effort to make sure that she fitted right in. And and you know, I think that's that's part of the key as well, is that, you know, as as coaches you have to also take the responsibility because there's a lot of players coming over the young women um you know completely foreign surroundings foreign settings um you know i i do my best to sort of communicate with them as best i can um also to sort of form a group bond between the players the the korean players certainly in, in england and, and get them speaking to each other which which helps um but it, it's, it's it is very stressful it's it's the two languages are completely different um you know there's there's nothing it's not like where you can say like this french or italian where there's sort of a common base that the, the languages are completely different um and i think the the other thing as well for players it, it can be a little bit harder to assimilate because i think there's a false belief in in asian players as being technical but quite weak um, so they tend to get bullied, or, or people try to bully them, um, which we've we've seen with the players that I've I've brought over. Um, but you know, if you look at the, the, the sort of likes of, of Cho and, and Shea Yuri and, and Lee Gumin, they're physical. They can look after themselves, um, and I think that's that's a big part of it. Is is just those early days. You're just kind of standing up to it when people come in doing, you know, giving you a little bit of a niggle in the tackle, thinking that you're going to be soft and roll over. It's just to, to give them a little bit back. I would have um, loved to have heard Matt Beard trying to speak Korean. He can just about <laughs> speak English, so that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, well, it, was, it was really funny, actually, because, you know, yeah, he'd speak to her and then she'd have to look at Russ, who was the general manager, and Russ would have to translate it into English. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. The Offside Rule with Lindsay Heeper and Natasha Dowie. Tasha's scouting report next, and she's been very tight-lipped about this one. The only the only thing I got on message was German forward. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping you can give me a name, some data. Oh. Why have you gone for a forward again, Tash? Honestly, you know me, Mind Lindsay. You, it's, a, it's a difference from midfield. <laughs> yeah, so I was re- going through all my contacts and I was thinking, right, I've given you Swiss... What else have I given you? Italian, Spanish. So obviously having Nicole Rosler on the other day, I thought, right, let's get in touch with Nikki, see if she's got any up and coming talent within the Bayern Munich setup. And I said, it has to be a forward defender or goalie because otherwise I'm going to get in trouble (laughs) from Lindsay. So she gave me a forward, Lindsay. But I just have to say she can play in midfield as well, but she's a forward. Um, So she's called Alara Schitzler. So that's how you pronounce it. I asked Nicole Rosler. So she's 17 years old, under 20s at the moment with the German national team. Very strong, very technical. So she signed for Bayern Munich this summer uh, with the first team. Before that, she played with boys. Um, Nikki says very similar style, actually, to Georgia Stanway and Melina Lupos. So perfect okay. style for the English league. So I was asking her, you know, if if she did come over to WSL, what team do you think she'd fit into? She thinks Chelsea, but ideally they want to keep her at Bayern Munich because they do think she is going to be the next big superstar centre forward for them. So Alara Schitzler. 
Oh, I like that. Right, we will we will make sure that we take a note of that name for future. Um, Alara Schitzler is your one to watch emerging talent. Um, that's all we've got time for though this week. It's whistled by again, hasn't it? Um, thank you very much, Tash. Uh, we'll have the mailbag though back on Friday. Um, we should remind people that if anyone has a question for us, if you've got an observation from the women's game, something you want to get off your chest, do get in touch at Offside Rule. We're on X, Instagram, and TikTok where you can find us I've even on my own page on X I've um, pinned to my profile to leave your comments and then we'll find out an easier way going forwards as well to get all of your voice notes through because um, it's a bit back and forth at the moment we'll work on that but Tash thank you for this week and I'll see you again next week pleasure thanks for having me The Offside Rule This is a Listening Dog Media production Podcast Network.